Welcome to New Day Podcast, a ministry of Redeemer Church of Madison. Join me, Pastor Gabe, for a weekly podcast devoted to discussions around church, theology, and practical issues we all face. Let's go. Good afternoon. Good morning. Good evening. In case I don't see you, good night. Uh, how's everybody doing? I'm great. Yeah, we need we need to come up with a name for the Redeemer Studio, and not the Redeemer Studio. We're, we're coming live from. Well, I guess we're not live. We're coming to you from. I mean, I'm alive. I'm alive. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. This is not jokes. a live show. <laughs> um, I'm gonna set some mood lighting up in here. He just turned the lights off entirely. For the <laughs> there <record>. we go. <laughs> The mood is evidently dead. <laughs> let me see. If I, let me see if I can take a photo to post on our social media so y'all can see what it looks like in in, in the glory studio. In the what studio? The tabernacle. The, mm, the meeting the, place. Mm, yeah, the tabernacle sounds a little uh, old Baptist. I'm just kinda, I'm just trying to come up with biblical locations. We're in the Holy of Holies. The Holy, that's the one I didn't right. want to say. If we're in the Holy of Holies, I have a rope tied around my leg. <laughs> Man, yeah, I, got, I got the blood of Christ. I'm good. I don't know what y'all worried about. I'm wearing shoes. That's what I'm worried about. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll uh, audience members, the two of you, uh, give us give us a name. Helen, come up with a name for what the studio should be. Yes. You know what? We need yeah. A name. Um, put in put it who. We'll take suggestions. The best of the suggestions will turn into a voting process, and we'll go from there. Unless Helen's, all the suggestions are awful. Helen's probably going to say the padded room because sometimes <laughs> she thinks we're crazy. <laughs> that hurts my heart. <laughs> the uh, padded room. <laughs> That's like, the name. I got to like room. it, though. Yeah, welcome to the padded room studios. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. So last week. We were we did not podcast last week, and I don't know why y'all did not podcast last week. Because we cannot do anything without you, Chris. Ugh. All right, um, but we were all like, the real reason is you weren't here. I, I Chris, was not. And Dan and I were getting ready to not be here, so we were trying to cram a week a week's worth of work in yeah. a couple of days because uh, we were all out of the office from because you left Wednesday too. I left Thursday morning. Thursday, okay. So I left Wednesday morning. You left Thursday morning. Chris left like a month ago. I was uh, on all. <laughs> so, uh, so quick recap because I know the people don't really care about us. But oh, they Chris, cared so much. Where where did you go? Well, um, on Sunday the eighteenth, we left on Saturday. On Sunday the eighteenth, Eddie and I were celebrating forty one years. Forty one years. And we went to West Yellowstone. Snowmobiling. That's fun. It was beautiful. Mm. We were with some great friends and not a lot me, of fun. Did y'all see any animals? Uh, no, we did not see much wildlife. Yeah, a little too cold for was, that. Well, I mean, it was just snow everywhere. <laughs> we almost got in a whiteout up on top of the mountain, and it was a little bit scary coming down there yeah. for a few minutes, but we had a fearless leader, Carl Sims, mm. um, who took us to the brink of death and then brought us back to safety <laughs> way to go carl <laughs> that's awesome and then y'all left from there and we, went we arrived back in um atlanta on wednesday night and drove to dawsonville to spend a few days with our all of our kids 
son-in-laws, grandkids, everybody. Yeah. Did you hang out with Austin Bill from Dawsonville? No. Do you know who I'm talking about? I do know the name. <laughs> Bill Elliott. I am not a race fan, so yeah. there's well, that. I'm not either. Okay. But you got to be a Chase Elliott fan in Dawsonville. Oh, you do? You got to. Okay. You know, next time. Next time. You probably saw him and didn't even know it. May have. He's a little dude. Was he walking around the reservoir on those hilly <laughs> <Probably not. laughs> trails Probably that my not. children took me on? Yeah, so you got to enjoy our old stomping grounds of Dawsonville, yeah. Dahlonega. Yeah. By water, you were like a couple minutes from my parents' house. Yes. and Yeah, that's awesome. So it was a fun time. So, best part? Oh. Of either. Make of it even either. more complicated. The beauty of the, of the snow hmm. was just wonderful, but... You know, being with my family fills my heart, so it was total chaos. <laughs> how many how many grandkids in one house? Nine. Nine. I love it. It's in So it was total chaos, but what eight it was adults? Wonderful. Yes. That's awesome. And so Xander, you did not go to the cold. You went to the heat. I, I would avoid the cold every time. Yeah. We um so my wife and I took a vacation to Amelia Island, Florida, also called Fernandina Beach. Uh, it's just over the border. It's also called the Isle of Eight Flags because eight different flags have flown above it. That's Wait, just a, over the border of what? Uh, Florida Georgia Line. Really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know it was that close. Yeah, it's uh, five hours from my home. Huh. So it was. Um, it was. It was just really nice. Um, and the place that we stayed um, in the master bedroom had a like a bay window, if you will. Mm. Um, like it was just a bunch of windows that all connected to each other. So we were able to open them up and just hear the ocean go the whole time. And in the morning, there's a pier that's connected to the condos that we were staying at. And so we got to watch the sunrise with a condo sticking out to it. It was just truly gorgeous. Mm. Yeah. That's awesome. awesome. And you know I love the beach, so I'm just a tad jealous. I mean, you did have snowmobiles, Miss Chris. Yeah. I know, but that's the jet ski of land. So I mean, but at the where y'all stayed, could you see the lake well? Oh, at yes, when we were in in Dawsonville. Dawsonville. Yes, we were on the water. So that's pretty cool. Like, is that is that comparable to uh, an ocean view? Oh no, (laughs) not even (laughs) not even close. Not even close. Not even considered. Just curious. Yeah, I I think my mom would answer the same. It's pretty, but it is no ocean. It's not the ocean. Well, good. That's fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. To go get away. Um, we went to New York City, the Big New Apple, York City. The New York City. Um, yeah, so that's our that's our goal is uh, for each of our kids when they turn thirteen or around the time Auburn Church thirteen actually on Easter um, that we get to say within reason pick where you want to go and mm-hmm. and it'll be just mom and dad and kid and so Auburn was obviously our first and. Uh, it was it was so much fun. I was like, I don't want to say dreading because I could really care less where we went. I just wanted to spend time with her. But New York City was not where I would have picked. Uh, but you liked it. It was so much fun. Yeah, yeah. It was it was awesome. Um, and watching her just love it. And mm-hmm. she's she's getting into singing and she's in chorus and chorale and um, not Broadway. Uh, what do they call it? Drama. Drama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. She was. We went and saw Hamilton, and went to a diner where they were singing, and so just watching her light up about her interest were fun. Uh, and then also, what I don't know if I should tell the story, but it's not bad. Um, but 
watching her understand real world money. So she, like every other middle school girl, loves Lululemon, mm-hmm. uh, which I went to breakfast with a guy this morning wearing Lululemon, and I made him just made sure he knew that my middle school daughter loved Lululemon. <laughs> <laughs> just so you know, um, but so she had we had. You're not telling us who. No. Oh uh, yeah. No, because okay. he could beat me up. So. <laughs> um, so we texted all the families that hey, you know, Auburn's birthday is not for another month, but if you want to go in and give her birthday money early, that way she can spend it in New York. So she had a wad of cash with her and walked into Lululemon. She was so excited. We were at Rockefeller Center. It was like the big deal. She picked up a shirt and it was eighty dollars. Mm-hmm. She's like, "What?" I'm like, yeah, that's why we don't buy you Lululemon, mm-hmm. dear. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was that cracked me up. Like, yeah. I wish I could have got her face <laughs> at that moment when she realized how expensive a T-shirt yeah. was. And yeah. do I want to use all of my money mm-hmm. to buy one thing? And that's what I told her. I said, a shirt that you know your sisters are going to get soon. Mm-hmm. Or you can go buy, like, she really loves, um, oh, what's that called? I always want to say Kate Spade. It's not Kate Spade. Uh, I signed up for an email, and they've sent me, like, 50000 yes, the, the necklace that she bought? The necklace. Um, Kendra Scott. Yes. So we went to Kendra Scott in Soho, and... So I said, listen, you, you can buy one T-shirt that is only going to last you a little bit, or you can buy this necklace that's literally the same price mm-hmm. that you could potentially pass down to Forever. your kids. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, that's a better idea. I'm like, okay, so are we understanding economics here? Mm. Like, mommy well, and daddy aren't mean for not spending our money on an $80 right. T-shirt either, because that's stupid. Uh, Teach her about tax next. Just start taking the money. Oh, I always do. When I mean, when they eat something, I steal it. and say, this is, this is your government at work. Mm. Daddy tax, <laughs> especially if it's really good. If it's like green beans, I'm not. But if it's straight up cookies, yeah, I'm taking mm. it. Yeah. Um, which I could eat a cookie right now. I had a salad for lunch. Proud of you. Yeah, but three guesses. I what want I dessert. have? Fruit. No. Mexican. Fruit. <laughs> you, are you not eating fruit? Well, I'm supposed to be, but I mean, but it's I Taco blew, Tuesday. I blew it yesterday. <laughs> I blew Tuesday. it yesterday, so you know, I didn't eat fruit yesterday, so. I have to wait again till Monday. Yeah. Duh. That's how that works. That's yeah. how it works. <laughs> That's how that math maths. So, so anyways, yeah, it, it was great. Um, but I am, uh, me and Chris talked about this earlier. I am turning into an old man. Like, I'm not worried about financially recovering from this trip. I'm working, worrying about sleep recovering from this trip. So Tuesday, we had Bible study, which, yes, I was running a little late for. This is last week. And then Wednesday, we got up at like 4.30 to get to the airport. And then we walked seven, eight miles Wednesday. Thursday got up, we walked nine, ten miles. Friday got up, walked nine, ten miles. And then Saturday got up at like 4.30 to get to the airport. And then I always get up super early on Sundays to read over my sermon. So like Sunday got up at 4 o'clock-ish. And man, Sunday afternoon after, like I'm not talking like I just took a nap. I'm saying I went home and did not get off the couch for all night. Um and then still dragging a little bit yesterday, but maybe I'll, my watch told me today that I'm doing good. So maybe I'm doing good anyways, but that is neither here nor there. You don't want to hear that much about me, obviously. Um, so let's talk, let's talk calendar. All right, Miss Chris, what do we have on the calendar? Well, most exciting thing on the calendar is baptism this Sunday. And next Sunday. And next Sunday. Two Sundays in a row. So um, if you are 
contemplating baptism. Talked to Gabe, one of the elders, and we're we're hoping we can leave the baptistry up for a while. Yes, yep. That's that's a desire is to set it up and leave it up. Yep. We'd love to see baptisms every single week. So we have four confirmed for this Sunday, mm-hmm. and one confirmed for the following Sunday. So yeah, and a few more we got to follow up on. Yeah, that may get added in there or added another day. So. That's the most exciting thing on the calendar, in my opinion. Yeah. And then um, on the 17th, Sunday the 17th, uh, we have partner meeting at 4 p.m. So put it on your calendars. Don't miss it. If you're a partner. Yeah, if you're a partner. And if you're not, you might have time to join before then. Probably can make it happen. Yeah. I mean, that's still 17 days away or more. That's close. <laughs> close. Close. Uh, you said you're not good with dates. Yeah, so I'm not. I'll let that one slide. I'm not, I'm not a math person. Uh, then on um, the 23rd, we have our community egg hunt that we um, are allowed to help with with our local parks and rec, and we will be able to present the true story of Easter to all the kids who come for the egg hunt that day. And that's always a big event a ton of people show up for that and so if you would love to get involved with that we can find a job for you to do there just come and see me or just show up over there and say Mm -hmm. hey i'm here to help and then on the 24th which is palm sunday our kids will be um doing a kids easter production it's gonna be fabulous fabulous Tell us a little bit more about that, Miss Chris. I know that's been a joy for you to plan. It has. Uh, we are partnering with Madison Baptist Church, and Mr. Tim Barnes, who does music at Madison Baptist, is actually leading this. And so um, he is teaching a lot of things about music to our kids. And it's going to be a program that will, it's called um, Back to the Cross. Hmm. And so it's kind of a play on um, Back to the Future. Is it really? Mm-hmm. That's fun. Yeah. So it's a t- it's time machine. Do they have time a, travel? A flex capacitor. Well, I mean, we could probably <laughs> make one. That was a that was one of the Broadways I wanted to go see, mm. but it was like what do they call it off Broadway? Oh, gotcha. Yeah, it's not like a real Broadway. Yeah. Anyways, so yeah, so that's going to be huge, and that's here. Yeah, um, here at six o'clock. Yeah. And then we have Good Friday and Easter. Which is just crazy that that's coming up. Oh, yeah. And then, like, April and then summertime. Wow. Yeah. And then, like, fall time and then it's next year again. And then <laughs> that continues till we die. Time is <laughs> time is fleeting. Yes, it is. Uh, good. Anything else big going Enjoy on on the calendar? It. I mean, we could look on into the summer and talk about VBS, kids camp, youth camp, all those things. Do it. All right. If you um, have a child, congratulations! Mark, congratulations! <laughs> and mark down these dates. We um, will have Vacation Bible School on June the second through the fifth. So that's a Sunday night through a Wednesday night, um, and it will be an evening VBS. And then July, we have Kids Camp. Sign up is already on Church Center app. And that is um, July 16th through the 19th. Sounds good. And we'll have some exciting information coming out soon about 
Wednesday nights in the summer. Yes. Yes. Super excited about that. And Z, you want to talk a little bit about y'all's summer plans? Absolutely. On the youth side of things, we're going to have a lot of little things that we'll have going on. And we'll talk about all of those details and more about camp this coming Sunday. So March 3rd, be sure to be here when you drop your students off. Hang around for a few minutes for the first five to ten minutes from five to five ten in that range. Uh, we're going to have just a brief parental meeting to talk about what we're doing, where we're going, and how you can know all the things that you need to know as we go into the summer. Uh, with no further ado, we are going to Camp Impact. We're going again. It's going to be June 3rd through the 7th, so June 3 through 7. And um, if you want to find it online, the easiest way to find it is impactunite.com. And we're going to all sign up together as one conglomerate, so don't register through that. But you can find all the information if you want to dig into it more. It's going to be at Shorter University here in Georgia, which is about, correct me if I'm wrong, like two and a half hours away, three hours, somewhere in that range. Um, And it's for all middle school and high school students. So it's going to be a blast. Your students will be divided up um, into age groups. So sixth graders will be sixth graders from a whole bunch of different churches. And hopefully it will have, pun intended, a big impact on the lives of your students. That's a good one, Z. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. You need need to go ahead and start having kids. You got those dad jokes. (sighs) That's awesome. Yeah. Actually, it's not awesome. Um, well, we can talk about this later. I'm having a hard time that my baby's going to church camp this year. <laughs> but that's uh, for a second. I was like, he does not think camp makes a good idea. I'm scared. No, just, I'm losing my job. <laughs> We're talking about it later. <laughs> if you want to save my job, email me. <laughs> uh, have you ever been fired on a podcast, Andrew? Oh. <laughs> There's a first time for everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to keep that for the future, though. <laughs> no, that's just I don't, I don't, I don't that, like kids growing. That up. is wild to think about. Um, yeah, I don't want to think about it. Never mind. We'll we'll move on, <laughs> and we'll just talk about the fact that uh, lunch mafia will return, um, and we're going to do uh, some other fun things down at the pavilion. If you remember the grossness that was the condiment wars, I do remember that, and the eggs that somehow were frozen on the hottest day of my entire life, even though they sat outside forever. Never get hit by a frozen egg. Oh, a regular egg just pops and it's just kind of you know, exciting. A frozen one, it's like a brick. It's a baseball. Hell, <laughs> <laughs> good. Yeah. So yeah, we can look forward to summer, but we can also pray and ask the Lord to let time slow down a little bit too. But, anyways, anything yeah. else on the calendar? I think that's all. Did I miss something? No, not that I think of. All right, let's go to the cutting room floor. Oh, gosh. <laughs> What'd you leave out there? <laughs> Look at all those scraps. <laughs> They're everywhere. Uh, no, I'm, I'm laughing because I probably shouldn't tell one of the cutting room floor deals. I mean, I think podcast would be an okay place to say the cut, that you okay. that you cut. Um, so I had, I had a, I had a, well, so let me, let me maybe frame the part so so jesus at the end of matthew 11 we finished matthew 11 and really i think matthew 11 will forever and always be one of my favorite chapters now after going through it um just because it's it's the it's the loving rebuke that i think the american church specifically in the bible about needs to hear um because it, it starts i mean we we did a good job of um 
part, well, we didn't really parse it, but parsing out Matthew 11. I think we broke it up rightly. Um, but it's one cohesive argument that Jesus is spinning off of John doubting who Jesus is and who he said he was, even though John has all the evidence that he needs. I mean, he saw, he saw Jesus be, I mean, he baptized Jesus and, uh, saw the heavens open up and spirit descend like a dove. He heard audibly God say, this is my son. Like he knew exactly who Jesus was, but he let his current situation doubt, um, and lead to doubt of actually who Jesus was. So I think, I think that nothing kind of explains the journey of Christianity for a lot of us than that, that we follow Christ and we're excited about it, but then we let one bad thing happen to us or we go through a season of suffering and, and instantly begin to doubt, like, are you actually the Jesus that I thought you were? And so the rest of Matthew 11 is Jesus' explanation of that, and it's not the kindest. It's, I mean, when you talk about woes, right, like a woe is I'm not done with you, but I'm getting pretty close. Like you've got one more chance to repent. And in a lot of ways, I think American Christianity, we're, we're kind of that point. We've got, we've got one last chance to repent. Uh, but then he really sums it up at the end, um, which we covered this week, 25 through 30. Um, and, and Jesus says that he's, he's hidden these things as he's, as he's praying to God, he's hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to the little children. And so we spent a lot of time looking at what does it mean to be wise and understanding and comparing and contrasting versus children. Um, but my angst and frustration this week was, how, how do you convince someone that's deceived by their own quote-unquote wisdom and understanding that they're not as wise and understanding as they think they are? And so for Jesus, it was the woes. In, but for us, how do, how do we convince ourselves of this? How do, we, how do we study the Scripture and not go, man, Chris, is she's the one that thinks she's wise and understanding, not me. Or like, Xander's a fool, but like I'm, I'm pretty good. Um, because as you're, as you're saying these things, and we see this as a staff, we talk about this often with um, David after he sleeps with Bathsheba, and uh, Matt told him to mess that name up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was trying not to laugh. Uh, say it. Bathsheba. Sheba, there it was. I was like, what? I missed a syllable somewhere in there. Um, but when he gets called out, like, uh, by the, by the prophet, it's like, no, you are that man. Like you're, you're saying the right things, but like the judgment is actually for you, not for this illustration that I just made up. And so, um, how do we, how do we teach? How do we convey this message of like, no, I'm not talking about someone else. I'm talking about you. And so I had it written in my notes, it's still in my notes. And I leaned over to Bree literally in the last song. And I, I pointed out, said, should I say this? And I'm glad I did because she said, absolutely not. I said, okay. So <laughs> scratched it off real quick. But the what I was going to say in trying to convey the point of we think we're wise and understanding, but we're not. <laughs> Quit laughing, Chris. I told Chris in the car yesterday when we were going to a conference with Bree, Chris and I were in the car, and I told her the story. But uh, what I was the point I was going, I, I feel so embarrassed. I'm so glad I didn't say it. I'm, I don't really want to say it right now. Um, I mean, Bree saved me. Bree, I love you, even though she doesn't really listen to this podcast. But um, what I was going to say was that, uh, I mean, how many of us have, I can't say it. Oh, my gosh. How many of us have pooped our pants? Are you recording me saying this, <laughs> uh, Chris? How many of us have, like, literally 
pooped our pants. We've crapped ourselves in our adult life um, because it's probably the majority of us. Like, we've all had some kind of bowel accident as adults. You haven't? No, crickets, man. Your time Your time is coming. You have it. We all have. Um, but, but, like, my point in that is, like, we're, we think we're so grown. And we think we know better than God. But at some point in our adult life, and if it hasn't happened, it's going to happen. We can't even control our own bodily functions that were taught to us as children. I wish you had said it. I'll go on the record. That's hilarious. But it's true, though. Like, it is true. My no, point, you're my you're point not wrong. Is accurate. But I will, say, but I will well. say you you made your point very well on Sunday without using that illustration. Without having to go there. But it's just, it, I, like, I was trying to think of the most... Uh, altruistic, Mm -hmm. ridiculous, like, we think so highly of ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, like, we can't even control our mouth. We can't even control our bodily functions. Like, who, I mean, when you talk about Romans 9, who are we to talk back to the, 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 who's the clay to talk back to the potter? Like, that, that's where we are in. So, my point, and I'm glad I didn't say it, but I was trying to swing the pendulum so far to, like, like humble yourself. Right. You crapped your pants as an adult. <laughs> like you're not impressive. We're not impressive human beings. Um, the things like like what Paul says. What what we didn't want to do, we do, and we don't want to do, we yeah that. Yeah. I can't even get a sentence. I mean, literally, <laughs> like I just think we're so egotistical as humans, and we take that same approach to God. But then we don't think we're the wise and understanding. So I was trying to paint the picture of like lower your standards of yourself. Like, yes, you can compare yourself to anyone around you and go, I'm better than those people. But that's actually what's worse for you. That's not helping your case. Right. Uh, compare yourself to a holy God, not to your neighbor down the street that's a dirt bag. So, so anyways, that was that's a cutting report comment that I am. I'm pretty glad I didn't say thank you, Bree. I love you for saving me from that. Uh, but that the point still remains the same. Like we can read this passage and go, man, I'm glad I'm not the wise and understanding and totally miss like, no, that's exactly who you are. Um, so, and then the ending, which, um, I think was just God's providence. How do we know that, that we are resting as children of God and not in our own wisdom and understanding and, and it was a really simple question, like, how, how's your rest? Like, yeah. how are you sleeping? Can you can you sit and do nothing and be content in the Lord? Mm-hmm. And um, Or are you staying up anxious at night trying to worry about how to pay the bills and plan things and, and create things? And, um, I mean, that's Matthew 6, 25 through 34. Don't, don't do any of that. Um, God takes care of the flowers of the field, birds of the air. How much more is he going to take care of his sons and daughters? And so me, the, the imagery of parenting versus children, and we're not parents in the eyes of God. We're nothing but children, and that's how we should approach him. Like, my kids sleep good at night. Mm-hmm. Um, they have no concerns, no worries. They're in a comfortable bed in an air-conditioned home. They know they're going to have breakfast when they wake up. Like, there's just not a care in the world. And I think I don't think it's, an, it's a far stretch to say that's exactly how we should sleep at night, knowing God is our Heavenly Father. Um. But we can only get there when we stop trying to be wise in our own mindset and understand and rationalize and be like, no, just come to him like children. So then it's a very natural, if you understand that, the one he says, 
like come to me and I'll give you rest. You go, yeah, makes sense. Same thing. We go to our parents as children and ask and get, um, that that's the access we have to, to God, the father. So anyways, that's, that's the big cutting room for that. Chris made me say, uh, but next time you see Bree, just say, thanks for, thanks, thanks for being a good pastor's wife and say, don't say that. Uh, but yeah, any, any thoughts or feedback from the sermon? I thought it, I thought it was very good. Um, I, I did enjoy the part where you talked about sleep because, because that is true. Um, when we are, because, and when you mentioned, um, don't worry about, um, tomorrow because today has enough worries of its own. That's a verse that my mom has quoted to us. Mm -hmm. I mean, for forever. Um, she reminds us of that often. And, um, so it's, it's, it's true. And when you, when you do realize that God is sovereign over everything, you, you don't have to worry. Yeah. So. And, and, but we still work. Oh, yeah. I, like, I mean, that, yeah. that's the point. Like, the yoke is still work. But I was actually thinking about your mom when I was writing this, because that, like, work hard and then go home. Yeah. Like, we trust the Lord. We, we've worked. We put in our time. But then we trust the Lord with the results. And that even, I mean, we're, we're jumping ahead a little bit. But one of the things that we learned at the conference yesterday was talking about James and the farmer and, like we we put the seed in and we till the ground and there's a lot of things that we can do, but what can we not do is bring the rain that the seed needs. Mm-hmm. So it's that dichotomy of man do do everything that God has entrusted us with, and then go to bed, yep. and pray for and the rest. rain and let yeah let Him bring it whenever He wants to bring it. Um, it's just a a comforting comforting thought. But anyways, yeah, I hope I hope people received it. I mean. It's. It was my prayer that through the words of Scripture there would be some humility and childlike faith to return, um, and we wouldn't be bound into the the yoke of legalism or works based or performance, but uh, bound by the yoke of grace that is light, um, because Jesus is gentle and lowly in heart. If there if there's one thing that I really wanted to elaborate more on, it's that. Um, because when we think about Jesus, it's, you know, majestic or dying on the cross or, you know, when he returns and tattoos on the thighs and white horse and robe dipped in blood. But but do we really consider Jesus as gentle and lowly? And maybe we do, but do we actually tease out the real ramifications of that? Um, so maybe we can have a, a podcast on that at some point after we talk about The Chosen. We have to talk about The Chosen. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's that's cutting room four. Did you poop yourself as an adult? If you did, then humble don't yourself. email us. <laughs> don't let don't us know. Us. I, I don't want to know. But uh, do not let us know. Remember that moment and let that humble you. Uh, and if it hasn't happened, it's coming. That's terrifying. <laughs> and uh, on that note, <laughs> let's talk about uh, feed my sheep. And so that is the name of the conference that we went to yesterday. My mom's going to be so embarrassed about that part of the <laughs> Mount Vernon Baptist Church. <laughs> I'm so sorry, I'm just Mama. trying to move it. Um, so a little bit of information for you, the listener. Uh, Feed My Sheep is led primarily at Mount Vernon Baptist Church. It's been going on for give or take a decade. Um, yeah, something like that. Yes. Yeah, the earliest one I found on the internet was 2015. Um, senior pastor Aaron Menikoff went to the same seminary. 
um, that Gabriel Dodd, our senior pastor, I don't know why I used your full name there. I don't know, but I like it. Um, and myself went to for our Masters of Divinities, and he was even an elder at that church. And so he's been at Mount Vernon since 2008. And he was one of the speakers along with Nolan Wood, who's a lead pastor of Life Church of Athens in Athens, Georgia. And Joff Chang, which I will leave. Jeff. Is it Jeff? It's Jeff, yeah. Ah, I'm just reading names off as quick as I can right now. <laughs> Um, and so assistant professor of historical theology and curator of the Spurgeon Library at none other than the Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, which that's where you go. Yeah, so Dr. Chang was one of my professors that I had to present my paper in front of a couple of weeks ago. So, uh, And then he presented a paper to you. He, he did. What do you give him? What's his did grade? Did you judge him? Well, I would. <laughs> so his thing, every time someone would present a paper, he would stop and stare at you for it was probably three seconds, but it felt like eternity. And he would say, good job. But, and then he would go into it. <laughs> and so I wanted, yeah, when he finished, I would have said, good job. But, uh, no, there was, it was, it was fantastic. Um, yeah, so we just wanted to throw out some of the things that we learned, some of our big takeaways. Um, and, and, and then really, like, I don't, I don't know if this is allowed, but, and if you want to go next year, go. I mean, it's, it's a yeah. preaching conference. Like, yes. all we do is listen to preachers all day. And so, sing. And don't sing. For, don't forget about that. And, uh, and we sing. sing loudly. Yeah. Yeah, so so uh, go into that. So it was your, was was it last year your first time too? Last year was my first. Okay, so this is, Same. I've probably gone like six or seven years. I can't remember. I need so to go jealous. back and track down. Um, but me and, me and my friends from Delonago used to go. They Their church still goes, Christ Family. Um, so I took y'all last year. Yes. And, um Y'all's feedback of the of the first year was same. So Chelly, uh, Rusty, and Josh went this year is the first time. But I remember you th- you two plus Alyssa saying some of the same things that mm-hmm. Josh, Rusty, and Chelly were saying yesterday, uh, which is the preaching is good, but the worship is phenomenal. Phenomenal. Why? Phenomenal. What sets it apart? For for me, well, it's. A lot of a lot of hymns, but they're songs that are easy to sing. Even if you don't know the song, you can pick up and sing with it. But um, the words of the songs, all of that is wonderful. But the part that I enjoyed the most is hearing the, all of the men in the room singing so loudly. Yeah. And it it's just, I don't know, it's just very, very worshipful and... So it's, it's primarily a, a pastor's yes. So it's mostly, staff conference. It's mostly men in the room. Yeah. Um, I mean, there were there were a lot of ladies, a lot of ladies there, but mostly men. Yeah, and um, they all sing loudly, and it's just a it's just a magnificent sound. Mm. Mm. Yeah, worship is always one of my favorite parts as well. You too. It's uh, so I was in a Christian fraternity in college. And so there were 120, 140, whatever odd number of us. And if I could go back, like I knew at the time it was special to hear that many men in the room sing loudly. If I could go back, I would have told myself to treasure that all the more. Mm-hmm. Um, and hearing, I don't know, what would you say? 200, 250 Baptist math, 10,000. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so it's not like there's enough people in the room that by sheer volume it becomes loud, but you you hear every person belting mm-hmm. every note and not 
obnoxiously yeah. by any stretch. Um, but it's just, it's good um, and just by preference. So this is not like a theological stance by any stretch. Uh, by preference, I prefer older hymn style music. I guess it's kind of what I grew up on. Um, and I also just have a preference for it. So it's just in that vein, um, it's just powerful to hear that each of those voices, and this is the part that encourages me the most, and this is why I love the SBC so much, um, like going to specifically to the SBC conference, uh, because when you're in the room and you see each person effectively represents an entire church. Um, now, granted, some of them are elders, some of them are uh, pastors' wives, and some of them are just um, like doubled up, right? So Gabe would represent Redeemer, but I also would too. But in the main, almost every voice represents an entire different church body. I guess you don't represent Redeemer. No. I'm just saying like pastoral staff-wise. <laughs> <laughs> got legislation coming up on that. <laughs> um, but to like hear each of those men representing that. And so when you go to the mm-hmm. SBC and you walk in and there's 20,000 plus, um, and not that I ever feel alone in Christianity, but sometimes we feel more alone than we probably should. And to see like just in the state of Georgia, these guys are a hundred percent on the same page theologically, yeah. um, ministerially. And when I'm saying a hundred percent on the same page, I mean that Christ is King we serve him. We might disagree on different theological points, but we are serving our Lord together. Mm. Not just like I would drive five hours just to sing three songs, be in that room for a little bit, have some fellowship with people that I'll probably never talk to again, and then come back home. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Doctor Chang said at one point that you know, looking back, there was moments that like started kind of a revival. Kind of, I forgot how exactly he said it, but. He was just so encouraged by the amount of like-minded mm-hmm. church and church leadership in one room together. It's like, man, perhaps this is the start of something yeah. really big. And Dr. Chang is not that kind of guy. So for him to say that, I'm like, man, you are super encouraged yeah. by what the Lord's doing We're here. talking right. about a historian. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is was, not a vague opinion. No. And he was saying that, that it, in the future, if somebody wrote the history yeah, that's it. of the Georgia, um, the churches in the Atlanta, Georgia area, um, and talking about the uh, the number of people in the room with like-mindedness. So. Yeah, so so there's basically three sermons in a panel. Mm-hmm. The first sermon, Aaron Minikoff worked through unconditional election and the, the need for the doctrine of election. Uh, the second was Nolan Wood looking at James. and um, That's the one that you referenced on the... It was, but I don't yeah, know if the, the Lord the provides... Seed. Yeah, okay, yeah I, yeah, I don't have the title of... His sermon. Waiting on the rain, I think. Waiting okay. on the rain. Yeah. Uh, and then the last one was Dr. Chang um, that was talking about how Spurgeon fought for healthy churches. So he's more of a expert on Charles Spurgeon. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we obviously love Spurgeon here. We talk about him often. And so he went through and, and looked at how Spurgeon fought for, for that through uh, looking at a lecture that he gave uh, to his up-and-coming pastoral students the ones that were barrel chested and approved, um, and so, and then we had the panel, which was kind of a, it was just a panel. So, for for y'all, what was the? Sorry, not, did I hijack your job? Never. Okay. <laughs> uh, what was y'all's? What was y'all's favorite? I mean, what was the most impactful sermon you guys heard of the three? I mean, they were all great. They were all to great. be clear, but for um, you, what was the most impactful? I think. Um, how do you, how do you say your 
professor's last name? Chang. Chang. I think his, I, I think I took the most notes mm-hmm. on his. Um, I did enjoy Nolan's because it was um, from the book of James, so it was very practical. Um, but prob- probably your professor's was probably my, was most impactful. Hmm. I got to give the win to Aaron Minikoff. Um, so Melbourne is not hiring right now, just so you know. Oh, he made it clear. I gave him my application. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm getting fired on a podcast tomorrow. <laughs> He's like, oh, I listen. I know. <laughs> Your time is coming. Um, so I, I think his personality and mine are pretty similar. Um, and just the way he presents, like that style just – occurs to my brain well, and um, I tend to struggle in verbalizing application. Mm. Like, illustrations make plenty of sense to me because everything's connected, and I love doctrine. I love old, dusty books. I love antiquated things because it's just the way God wired me, and praise God for that. Um, But sometimes that doesn't translate well to, like, what do you do with now that you have this great thing? Um, And his sermon was just really helpful in saying like, this is a tough doctrine in which people can take very negative things from it. Um, and how can you look at a piece of clay and then immediately see a pot or what you want to make from it? Like I'm not artistically minded. So in that illustration that he gave, um, the, the function of doctrine is the actual practice of Christianity. The function of a lack of doctrine is a lack of Christianity. And that's just, that really filled my soul to go, okay, like God didn't just give me a a useless desire to sit in books and read, but to then take those things, be filled with them and then spread them as far and wide as we can. So it was just, it was just really encouraging. I mean, albeit all of them were encouraging and awesome. Yeah. Um, Perfect. Like if you can ever go to a conference listener, I strongly encourage like it's, it's a one day conference. Mm -hmm. It's six hours. If you have to leave early, no one's going to stop you at the door. Mm. Um, it's worthwhile. Yeah. If you come in late, it's okay too. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Been I, there, done that. Every year I've ever gone. <laughs> um, I mean, it's just, it's just, that doesn't matter. But yeah. it's ridiculous that you can't get, the Atlanta traffic is that bad. Mm-hmm. It's so late, bad. Every year. And I'm kind of thankful for it. I'll just throw that out there. Because um, I, I got to spend a lot of time in the car. Um, just... With Dr. Wetzel. Yeah, with, with Dr. Sorry, I didn't say that out loud. Uh, <laughs> it's just Dr. Wetzel and I in the car um, by the way that it all like, split up. And um, just getting to spend a lot of good quality time with Josh, getting to know him, hearing his thoughts, and then going through Atlanta. It was the silly moments when he was like, I used to live in those apartment buildings. I used to go there, and I used to do these things. And you have those dumb moments where you're like, you're a whole person. Like, you've, like you haven't always just been Dr. Wetzel at the dentist. Like You had hopes and dreams that changed. Mm. And like he told me about his first state with Jackie, and I was like, I'm trying to imagine you as like a, a college student. I just <laughs> like, you've always been wise. I like, I can't imagine you being silly. So like, I loved the traffic for that, but it was just, it was a perfect day. No complaints. No, my car was miserable. I was ready to get there. <laughs> Bunch of ladies just yapping it up. No, I, I, I think, uh, I think the same doc. I, I loved all of them. Uh, but but to me, Dr. Chang, and I'm not saying this because he's my professor, but if you're listening to Dr. Chang, I'd love a good grade. 
Um, like he's got time to. <laughs> that doesn't constitute bribery. Um, no, yeah, I didn't. I didn't give a specific. Uh, never mind. Um, I'm just our legal representative here. It's no, fine. so so he was he was talking about healthy churches, looking at Spurgeon and what some of the stuff they deal with. And when he got to rationalism, so one of the one of the problems for the church in Spurgeon's day was rationalism and in how that weakened ecclesiology. And man, they. It's just scary how similar that is to us today. And so some of my notes, I mean, they believe that the Bible didn't define what the church was, but ethics and pragmatism did. And uh, we can talk ethics, but basically what they're saying is we get to decide what the church is based on how we can make it successful. So we don't let the Bible define the church. We let success define the church. And, oh, my gosh, if that's not where we are as a culture. Mm. Um, no one looks at churches and says, are they faithful to God's word or are they not? Do they preach the totality of scripture or do they not? What do they ask? Well, how big are they? Like what, what programs do they have? And so everything, every gauge and metric on whether church is a quote unquote good church is all on pragmatist successes that we all know. And I mean, I've joked about it before, but I'm not actually joking. I have a marketing degree. My undergrad's in marketing. I could market the crap out of this church and grow it to this massive deal, uh, but we'd be compromising on the gospel the entire time. And so that was happening for them. And so one of the things that Dr. Cheng said that really hit me was um, that the the downgrade of the church in the 19th century uh, largely, the downgrade of the 19th century ecclesiology or the study of the church was largely ignored, which makes the weakening of the church in the 20th century. So because they did not deal with the rationalism of the day, it has now tainted the church for the 20th century. And so one of the things that we've been talking about here a lot, which is, you know, what, what church are we leaving for our great kids and grandkids? What, what trees are we planting that we know we'll never be able to sit under? If we don't deal with some of the hard issues of the, the drifting of the church or the strengthening of the church today, then we're going to leave even a weaker version of what their church is for our kids. And um, th- that one just really hit me that it's that uh, ad- old adage, if, if you don't know history, you're doomed to repeat it. Like w- We can see exactly some of the failure of the early Baptist churches in England and how that not only plagued them, but has affected the church in America today. And so for Spurgeon, he said, you know, how, do we, how do we keep the church healthy? Well, three things. We remember that our weapon is the word that the strength is the Holy Spirit and the army to fight is the local church. And I just, I just love that. And he, and Chang went on to give a lot of different uh, takes on some of Spurgeon's comments, but uh, it, it really is that simple. Um, when we talk about what is a healthy church, and do we depend on nothing else but the word? Uh, are we empowered by the spirit? And is every church member here enlisted in the army to fight? Yeah, um, I, I enjoyed the section where he was talking about the army. Yeah. Um, I didn't bring my notes in here for the podcast, but um, there were several things that he said um, in that, and I was like, our people need to hear that. Yeah. Um, a, a, a mere nominal church is a lie, is what Spurgeon said. So you're, you're either in or you're out, and there's, there's no middle ground with the church. In the same way, there's, there's no middle ground with the army. You're either fighting or you're AWOL. There's, there's no in-between. Um, there's no like, oh, I don't really feel like fighting today. I'm just going to 
hang out at the bays yeah. and yeah. Uh, drink a drink a daiquiri and just kind of chill for like that. That's not example. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what's the what's the average of church attendance in America? One point seven times a month. So, um, we were he was kind of Spurgeon was really laying into that of like that. You could you can call it what you want, but you're not a healthy church member yeah. if that's what you're doing. You're not a healthy church member, um, so it was it was super encouraging. Um, it was helpful. Um, one of the things that he he was talking about, uh, which we don't have enough time to go into, maybe in another podcast, but um, there was a, a statement there that ask ask every member of your church, what do you intend to do for Christ, mm-hmm. and if if you can't answer that, then some churches would call you under church discipline. Like if you're not actively doing something for Christ, then, then what are we doing? And we can take that to an unhealthy legalistic bent. But um, at the same time, if, if we're the army, if someone says, what do you do for the army? You, you better give an answer. Yeah. Uh, what is what is your part of the battle plan? You better have an answer. You've got people dependent on you. So if, if you can say, I don't intend to do anything for Christ, that, that begs the bigger question of, are you actually a believer? I mean, are, are you, if you're not doing, what are you, what are you doing? Uh, so, so anyways, that was Dr. Shang. I mean, I, I enjoyed all of them. No one's was personally encouraging for me. Just like, Hey, the rain's coming. Like you do your part and then you rest and trust that the rain's coming. Um, and maybe the rain comes for too long and that's okay too. That's all God's sovereignty at work. And so, uh, and just no one's a local dude. That's yeah. exciting. Um, so I told him, I was like, I might see you Saturday because we're talking about going to the UGA basketball game and he's the UGA chaplain. So, um, but uh, yeah, all in all, left super encouraged by the worship, by the teaching, by the fellowship of not only you guys, but then just all the the guys I got to see that I don't normally get to see uh, was just, it was fun. It was. It was a good day. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, any any closing thoughts on the conference or life in general? I can't think of any. I don't think so. All right. Well, Xander, you want to sign us off? Thank you for listening to New Day Podcast. The song is Fire on the Ridge by St. Howard. With what you have just heard, go and be faithful.